back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Alright folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 148 today. Uh, we're going to be continuing our conversation uh, on our own personal trip reports. This would be part two. And um, you can check out our website at mindescapepodcast.com. Uh, you can also check out um, our Patreon at patreon.com slash mindescapepodcast. Uh, on the last episode, we kind of rolled out a uh, new little thing that we're going to be doing, which for we added a $5 tier. If you wanted to send us your trip report, UFO sighting, mystical experience, whatever it may be, we'll read it live on air. And then um, we'll also, we're, uh, we're also working on T-shirts. And um, Maurice hasn't gotten that done yet, but, uh, you know. We'll In the works, what, man. We'll see what happens. Somebody's, In the works. Uh, and then, so oh, also we have a $50 tier too. So if you want us to read one of your experiences and then, you know, we could create some sort of a clip off of it. If you've seen some of our clips that we've made, Maurice did one for uh, when we had Dr. Rick Strassman on. Um, he made one for that and he made one for Dick Kahn, one of Dick Kahn's DMT experiences. So we would do something similar to that, maybe put a little bit more energy into it as well. A little and, more oomph. And, uh, yeah, so check that out. And uh, so here's a little uh, uh, rundown of that of the whole uh, thing that we unveiled there for, again, $2 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, $50 a month. Uh, shout out to Abraham, who is a new patron for $5. Thank you. And shout out to Sandy, who is one of our top escapees. And, uh, Beautiful. Beautiful. We love you guys. And, um, yeah, also check out indrasweb.org and sign up. You will get an alert when the app goes live if you haven't heard us talk about this. Uh, this is an app uh, we created, um, me and a buddy. And uh, what we're doing is we're trying to connect open minds. So if a lot of the topics we talk about, like alternative theories or fringe things that have some basis, uh, but they're not really being explored or talked about too much. The whole point of the app is to get into those topics and have a, a platform where people can discuss those things freely. So, Very good. Uh, so, yeah, so where we left off with the um, trip reports was, I believe we were talking about, like, how we went to the Fish Festival, I believe, senior year um, in Maine, the IT Festival, and our psychedelic experiences associated with that. I don't even know if you did. I know you were, you were getting weird, but it might have been some other kind of weird. But uh, no, I told you what I got weird on. I was smoking cannabis and I was taking caffeine pills. Oh. Um. So yeah. So those. That's kind of where we left off. So I thought this episode, part two, we would talk about kind of when we got to college and then, you know, our early to mid twenties and kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm down for that. So I'm just trying to think the, the first, um, a lot of our, you know, the experiences that we had in high school and, 
you know, and it became like 18 and, and a lot of them were associated with like concerts and fish and jam bands and live music and stuff like that. Um, I know your first time wasn't uh, at a concert or anything like that, but have you ever done a psychedelic at a concert? Um, I don't think I have. No, that's pretty crazy considering the music that we're into and the fact that you have done these things, you know, don't you think that's kind of, I guess it's not that weird. Well, I know of an experience we'll, we'll talk about in the probably the third or the fourth part of this, which was fish at, but I mean, you know, MDMA at, uh, Oh yeah. In Chicago. That might've been called, they call that the octopus night. (laughs) Was that the only time that you've done it? Well, I've done MDMA at multiple fish shows. It kind of became my, uh, my go-to. It would be like the time I would do it, you know, because it'd be like once every other year or something like that. So I'd treat it as its own uh, special event. Yeah, I would but consider I, it a psychedelic, but there's some people who are like, that's not a real psychedelic, you know? Yeah, it's not the psychedelic in the sense, if you when you're a psychedelic, you think more of visuals, which I don't really think that's 100% the case because it is. there's mental aspects to it as well. Even if you're not seeing the floor move and stuff, you might be grooving on something or thinking in a different way i but i definitely uh, i think that the mdma i was talking about it before the how the mushrooms you connect with the vibrations and the music and stuff but that the mdma is right there with the mushrooms and how you hear music and how you groove off the vibes something just just clicks and music is unbelievable on that kind of stuff yeah no maps has had really really good results with the with ptsd with mdma i think something like 90 something percent positivity uh from the last like survey report i read that came off that so um keep an eye on that i don't know where, where they at or uh are at with the stages of that i know um ketamine too ketamine you can get like a ketamine nasal spray now yeah so. yeah yeah you know there's a big misconception around the mdma community too because back in the 90s there was stuff going around called ecstasy which at its heart is MDMA. That's one of the main in- active ingredients. However, there's other stuff in there because, like, if you take MDMA just on its own, you're not gonna. Everybody like thinks you're gonna be running around and jumping around and dancing. Yeah, what all they crazy. used to call it uh, in, in the late '90s, rolling or whatever. That was right, right, right. Yeah, but that that's also there. That's that's because of those pills. Like, if you took an ecstasy pill. They were doing a lot of these studies. There's other shit in there. There's like stuff, you know, kind of like an Adderall or speed to a degree. Who there? Who else knows well, what's, that's what's, why what the hell's in there? You for sure have to be careful, and you know, you shouldn't just be taking these things willy nilly. And also, there's um, there is you know, there's test kits out there now. Yep, and stuff we like had that. one. Yep. Obviously, you and I have lost friends um, to you know whether huh. they thought it was psychedelics or they thought it was cocaine or whatever the case may be powdered substances yeah so um you got to be careful because people are dying out there and people are lacing things and you just have to really be careful and you know know what you're doing and obviously you know if you're unsure don't do anything is usually my policy so um yeah but uh so yeah it's we're so going into the early years i'm trying to think so i guess one of mine would be um me and my buddy Matt uh, did, uh, we each dropped a tab of liquid uh, LSD. And um, I'm just trying to think, 
I think I was 19 and um, I'd got it from one of my buddies who lived in the area at the time. And um, he, we, we ended up watching the wall, which was a big mistake. Ooh. Um, because I love the wall. I love Pink yeah. Floyd, but it's a dark, dark adventure, my friend. That combination, um, I could see how that could get hairy quick. Yeah, it was like you wanted to rip your own hair out of your head. I watched a, it high. I wanted yeah. to rip my own hair out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and again, I love Pink Floyd. Um, I think if live at Pompeii would have probably been a better choice under, yeah. under the circumstances. Um, no, but the whole point of the wall is to make you uncomfortable. Like I've been listening to a lot of the uh, the real mellow tracks off that, not the most popular stuff, the more you know B side, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 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 just about Roger Waters and how his emotions were essentially he built himself a wall while using drugs and other thing. But obviously, the wall is a metaphor um, for Berlin and stuff like that too. That's why the thing is just a masterpiece because it it was you know it, uh, it it connects to all these different things at the same time. So right. But it's made to make you feel uncomfortable is my point. So it's like, I, I don't know if I would be taking Yeah, because any... it's all the, the coming back from the war and then becoming this like shell of yourself that just right. like, sits there and watches TV, smoking cigarettes, and you just waste into yeah. like, nothing. And, uh-huh. you know, it's the imagery. It's it's actually, I mean, you know. For its time, it's pretty pretty good. You, you know, could, it's pretty, you, yeah. pretty ahead of its time. I feel like you could you could brainwash people with that if you wanted to, <laughs> no doubt about yeah. it. Um, but yeah, and actually, to be honest with you, um, that wasn't the best trip in the sense that it wasn't like, uh, like you know, we can talk about the whole bad trip thing here, but um, it wasn't like, oh, Good trip, terrible. bad trip. It was more like I was confronted with like some of my own anxieties and fears for the first time, which... Um, you know, up until that point, yeah, that comes and goes, but it was more of a carefree kind of a existence, you know, almost like ignorance is bliss, but then you kind of peer, peer beyond the veil a little bit Mm -hmm. and, uh, you start to see things. And I, yeah, I just remember, um, you know, it was fun, but it was all, again, it was also difficult. And, um, there's certain elements psychologically that I felt like I'm not a big acid guy. I've I've done it, you know, a decent amount of times in my younger years. I haven't done it in probably 10 or 15 years at least. Um, and I just remember, um, it being very heady, you know, it wasn't like, I like psilocybin because it's, it's body, it's body buzz and mental and like all encompassing. That's the feeling that I got. And the, you know, the acid was very, um, yeah, it's very heady. You're in your own head more, which I guess it could be good and bad depending on the situation. But yeah, that that combination of the wall and that that didn't mix that well. Yeah, well, maybe you should have put on Wizard of Oz or something. <laughs> um, yeah, there was there's other choices. You know, something funny or something probably would have been better. But you uh, could watch infomercials and have the time of your life. Yeah, I've had a weird experience. Well, I guess that would probably have been around the same time. I remember smoking some salvia extract and there was like um there was like a commercial on. I forget exactly what it was, but I just kept repeating this one phrase from the commercial after cuz you go into this like fractal tunnel of like repeat loop thing. That's hard to explain, but and it's not long. I don't know if you've smoked salvia extract but it's not yeah we talked about it last episode it's not it's it's very um it's very weird and very short um 
so I, I I don't know how to really unpack that one because it's not like you can get in there and like do mental work or anything like that. It's so short lived. Um, I would probably assume it's similar to um, DMT in some ways, not necessarily like the effects or anything like that, but just the way that you process things while you're coming in and out of that. So it's so short. Yeah, well, if you want to get into my adventure, I think because mine are so few that I I really have good memories of the details. Yeah, do you? Th- I, w- I wanted to ask you too. Do you think you romanticize it since you've had so few? Like, do you think if you did it more, you would think a little bit differently about it? Yeah, I always think that whenever you do something over and over and over, it kind of loses its flavor. I mean, think about listening to a song a hundred times; it doesn't have the same magic that it did the first time you heard it or whatever. Yeah. So I w- we, we were up at college, we, me, you, and uh, obviously you're my cousin, then our other cousin lived there as well. Um, we were all going there, and this is up at our side, over to the side here in western Michigan, and our cousin lived in what they called the student ghetto. It was kind of outside of campus. It was more of a rundown area, but, you know, cheap housing for cheap housing for students. You can get a big, you know, nice house and uh, have a couple of dudes in there. But so we all went over there one, one Saturday. And this is a lot of the times I do this stuff. I'm not even really planning on it. Like the first time we did it at my buddy's place after my 15th birthday, we weren't really planning on this. This guy showed up with all the bags and he was like, "All right, let's 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 have a whirl here." Mm-hmm. Same thing happened over at my cousin's house. We were starting up a band at the time and. We actually had, we put it like an ad out in the in the college newspaper or whatever, some college site thing, and asking for people singers to come, you know, audition and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. we had a guy coming over to audition, and we were sitting up in my cousin's room, and I have no idea how it happened, but he had a little bag of mushies, and he was eating the caps, and I was kind of just like, I was like, all right, you know, I've done this before. Again, I haven't done it since I was fifteen, so I was like, I've done this before. I'm gonna. I'm going to have a, a little go at this. I'll, I'll eat a tiny little bit of shake. So then I started eating the shake, and next thing I know, I probably ate more than the other dudes because the, there was way more shake in the bag than there were stems. Mm-hmm. So I'm nibbling away here, and I, 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 you're eating shake. You're not weighing it. I have no clue what I ate. I, I'm going to assume I ate probably about 0.5 or, or 1.5 or 1.75, like a nice half eighth, kind of the same mm-hmm. same amount of, same amount as the first time, and... So we're sitting there up in his room, we're playing music, and we're waiting for our first singer to show up. And I put the guitar down. I just start feeling that 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 coming up feeling, the little bit of I, I guess it's a you know a little bubbling in the stomach or a tingling or a, there is a little bit of like anxiety for me at least. It starts to rise, and I I, I stopped playing the the instrument, and I picked up this. Uh, my cousin had a Salvador Dali book of like all his work. It was a nice thick hardcover book of all uh, Dali's like masterpieces and stuff so I'm flipping through that and enjoying the work because that stuff's pretty psychedelic on its own everybody knows who uh, Salvador Dali is with the melting clock and everything I, I, I didn't he do drugs like he did like uh, peyote I actually, and stuff like that yeah I don't I, I think that there is some uh, psychedelic um you know, background there. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I can look it up though. If you want to keep describing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm looking at a book. I'm pretty sure that's been 
the guy that that dude's doing the paintings is is on on some kind of psychedelic himself. So that was a good connection. And again, I was grooving on the pages. I was really getting into into the art. And then I turned to a page of a picture, and I wish we could share this to show people, but it's a guy, and he's just staring forward into the into the page, like looking at you essentially. And I have no idea what happened, but I, I felt the terror and the pain within this this character character staring at me, and I uh, I don't know. I couldn't get away from this page. Like it was like it was frightening me, but it was mesmerizing me at the same time. And you know, when you're on that substance, how time kind of just melts away. It's it's actually a, quite the interesting experience when you start thinking about time and when you take these other substances, how time. Uh, it changes in a sense, you know. It's, uh, yeah. See, he didn't do. That's why I didn't go along with that. It says, um, he once said, "I don't do drugs. I am drugs." Oh, which is true. I'm telling you, man. I'm pretty <laughs> which sure is he true. Some peyote. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he. Oh, trust me. I didn't even need to do the stuff, but the combination of the two took it to a whole new plateau. So, anyways, I'm looking at this, and the like, I it. I love going back to fear and loathing because there's a part when he goes into the hotel and this is probably the most authentic part of the whole, although it's based on a true story. So it's all authentic. But when he goes in the hotel and he says, I can't explain the terror that I felt. And that's what I felt looking into this, this weird creature's eyes. Maybe we can somehow put it on our Patreon or something because I'd love, go ahead. So this is what it says he would do to get to get to like a weird place. It said that he would sit there with a spoon in his hand um uh-huh. and uh he would pass out and then you would hold it like over a plate and then um when he dropped it when he would fall asleep it would make a noise and wake him and uh, wake him up from his dream instantly and he would jot down or draw something that he saw like so he was like trying to see his dreams wow so that's pretty cool I, again pretty I, cool. maybe he did do it but this a couple different things i just read said the same thing which is that you would think that he would but he didn't but either way like you said there's some sort of you know we've talked about dreaming and endogenous chemicals in the body and stuff like that too so it's not it wouldn't be unheard of if he was having some sort of weird psychedelic flood of some sort of endogenous chemical or something well he's one of my favorite artists i love that out of the box weird stuff I don't know if you enjoy his work, but I love it. I love it. And maybe, maybe having this experience with the the book propelled me to be have a connection with him. I don't know. Anyways, we'll try and figure out what that paint the painting is and put a link or not a link, but we'll tell you what it is so these so our <laughs> listeners can check it out. But anyways, the painting scared me <laughs> in the book, so I closed the book and I took it downstairs. I go, whatever you guys do, don't open to page seventy three. And of course, everybody flipped the book instantly, opened to page seventy-three, and I don't think uh, I don't think it affected these people the same way as it affected me. Everybody yeah. was downstairs. You know how that house was. They they were. It was a nice communal group. There was always a nice jar of chronic, and this is back before Bud was uh, so widely uh, you know accessible and stuff. Right. They always had the best Bud, just sitting in a jar, and it was that was the beauty of the houses. You just trust people and. Yeah, I, I think that actually had had a good impact on on our uh, psyches and growing up and you know trusting people and being a good pe- person. But so we, you know, everybody's smoking bud. They flip it open. They're like, "What's wrong with this kid?" Because they didn't know what I was doing. Right. So we had the book incident, 
and I get the book out of there. I'm starting to feel better again. And then as I go back upstairs, we hear a knock at the door, and that now our singer's there, this guy that's auditioning for our band. And I, I, I was the band leader at the time, so everything's going to filter through me. I wrote the music and stuff, and it was pretty much my say on who, who's going to come in and sing and, and whatnot. So we, we bring this guy up into my cousin's room, and we start playing him some tunes, and he's singing, and this, and this guy was more of a... He was more of a metal metal singer, like a more of an aggressive type. And yeah. you know, to give people a little backstory on our music, we were hippie-ish, mellow singer-songwriter type stuff. And this guy's really he's 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 getting into it. He's he's well, growling. We were in jam bands. I mean, I, if people went to a fish show and saw, you know, Carini or you know Axola or something, they wouldn't be like, oh, this is tame stuff. Right, but at the same time, this is our band was a lot softer than that. Your well, not my band. When I was yeah. when I was in the band you and I created, it wasn't softer. But then when you got with Rob and all those other guys, yeah, it did get pretty coffee house ish. Oh yeah, and our band, our name was Molecular Sounds, so that we should have been <laughs> we, we should have been canceled for the name alone. But again, I regress. So we got our nice metal oh, you singer. You are regressing. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. We got our our metal singer up there singing, you know, scream screaming over the over the tunes, and I'm supposed to be the one that's orchestrating all this stuff. So I've like we have him record. I think we had him record. We had one of those old school like digital recorders right when they first came out. Called uh, it was a Zoom. Yeah, I remember that. It might still be in existence, but so we were like, all right, lay a track down, you know, and. I put the headphones on and start listening, and it's it's a sound maze, if you will. I don't even know what what the hell was going on, but whenever, whatever I heard through my headphones, it would be, there was echoes. There was I couldn't make sense of the sounds, if you will. So I'm trying to to determine if this guy's right for our band, and, and you know, deep in my heart, I know instantly off the bat that he's not. <laughs> But then it's like now I have to deal with emotions and and tell this guy we he's not because he was a friend, he was a friend of my sister's boyfriend of the, at the time, so he was already like kind of friends with us and who Jay, yeah yeah, I could see that and he was a good dude. He, like, do you remember this at all? I mean I wasn't there for that, but yeah I mean I, oh, okay. I remember uh, I remember you know Jay and like that whole house and everything. I mean I had my own experiences with that house. I mean, I remember we that was that was down the street from like the state theater in Kalamazoo. Right. And I remember we walked to see Umphreys when Umphreys was like had different Umphreys still had their original drummer and I think Jake, the second guitar player, had just joined the band at the time and we went to go see Umphreys and you got kicked out and you were so pissed. Oh yeah. That was that well that was that was the downfall of my existence up at Western. Maybe we'll dabble in that in another episode, but I'll get back to my story. It's not too much longer, so I have to break the news to the singer guy that he's not the right fit for the band. Maybe being on the the psychedelic uh, made my made my path clear. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe be, taking it actually had a positive effect and allowed me to see over my emotions of being friendly with someone right. that it was just wasn't a good fit. So, you know, we kind of just like, yeah, I don't know, man. You're kind of into it because he was more into like Incubus and that kind of music. Right, which isn't scream metal, but it was more. 
He was just into a different type of 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 of, of groove. Well, look, that we- I mean, you know, we've both been in pretty deep in the whole music thing i think that there's some combinations that make sense you know there's others that don't you know if you have a rock band and you bring in a jazz drummer you know something cool could come out of that but if you're like a a jam band and you bring in like a metal singer that usually doesn't flow well not necessarily because of even like the tones or whatever It it has more to do with like what what the music's trying to do and then what the singing's actually doing you know right right exactly um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it just depends. But anyways, you know, regardless of that, I, I me and my mushroom mind, I, I came up with the decision that this wasn't the right fit. So I broke the news to him and that was, <laughs> that was an emotional roller coaster. And then you cried. We've talked to, we, we, I might, a tear might have rippled out of my eye. You know what? Actually, I do think I cried after I saw that picture though, because that thing, that thing struck the fear down into my core, man. So, <laughs> um, we, we send the, we send the singer guy home. And then um, there was a bunch of musicians in the house, so I was like, let's go jam in the basement. And we went down there, and I played the bass because I really just couldn't even play the guitar at this point. It was too much, too many strings, too much too much to remember. And the bass seemed like yeah, the I right remember thing. jamming down there with J-Mo and Ben Kim and Courtney yeah. and all those people. Yeah, so I remember going down in the basement, and it was the whole basement was like all the tiles were busted off. Or like removed, yeah. Except for one tile that had these flowers on it, and it was pretty sweet. <laughs> I was looking at it because it was all the tile around it was just gray and still. Right. But then the one tile in the middle that had the flower that was doing the flow, the flow state, like the floor and fear and loathing. That was that. It, it, so it was like that one separated zone was flowing, and then everything else was just stationary which is kind of a cool little sight. But so we go in the basement, I grab the bass and the bass is a perfect instrument for mushrooms because it's just chill. You can just get into the pocket, you can get into the groove and you're not like, you know, bombarding your mind with scale. Well, you're, you're thinking of scales to a degree, but you're not like having to solo or make up stuff over and over and over. It's, I was literally just, and it sounds like such a cliche, but I was seeing notes hmm. and I was just grabbing them out of the air i've never played music before or again and had that same connection and now that i look back it's the vibration thing you just are connected to the vibration and music is part of the vibration i don't know if it's because when we're born the heartbeat and then that starts us on the way of like you know being into beats and all that kind of stuff but humans connect to vibrations more than anything and when you're on these substances, it opens your mind. I like I've never seen notes, and it's not like you see them. It's just they're so. I don't know how to explain it if you're not if you don't do it. But no, I know what you're you, saying. You do you you see them in your mind, and then you can just reach out and grab them. So it's like everything and anything is a possibility on that kind of stuff. I've had that experience before. With the, I mean, obviously, I've played a lot more music later on in my life than you did, and I remember you know I've played some shows where Mm -hmm. i've had definitely that experience um i know trey talks about that too Um, yeah grabbing these like electric notes out of the air and um yeah no it's definitely an interesting um thing for sure do you think though um looking at that do you think that um when you had that experience that it was there was something seated in your mind uh 
in terms of like you read that article with Trey talking about, or do you think that like do you get what I'm saying? Like, do you think it was like a placebo effect? Like, no, you were experiencing that because you knew about it already. No, hundred percent. Okay. No, I, I, I didn't. I've taken it once before, and yeah, I probably read articles and watched movies and you know read the the books and stuff on it. But at the same, like, I had no idea. I've never played music on it before, and I've never really played music on it again since, which kind of is a shame. But maybe it's cool that I keep that as an isolated um, experience like that. But yeah, that was that was pretty changing, life changing. It also was changing because that was like my maybe because my whole life was music at the time that it had more of a significant effect on me. Like if you right. didn't give a damn about music or whatever, but that was like my whole goal in life was to be a musician and surround right. myself with music and play and this and that. So that was a really positive experience, man. And there's just one little section at the end there after we got done jamming. The, my cousin who's, whose house we were at left, he went to a, like a, a keg party and I was like, fuck that. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> yeah. That was like, because that's the opposite scene of what you what want. What about that? You know? I was going to ask you last time we were on, have you ever done mushrooms and then drank after? Because anytime that's ever had, it almost like diminishes. It almost like wipes the whole experience. I don't know what alcohol, what the effect that alcohol plays in that whole process. But I feel like anytime, if you've ever eaten mushrooms and then like drank alcohol or beer or whatever, I think it takes away from it or like brings you back down or something. I don't know. I yeah. Bet. Oh yeah. It definitely does. It, I think alcohol just numbs everything. Is it that though? I, maybe it has something to do with the way that like the psilocybin's broken down in your gut into psilocin. And then, you know, when things are being processed through your liver, alcohol, the way, you know, alcohol is also being processed through your liver. Could it be something, some interaction with that or, you know, I think it's a little bit more deep than, numbing or something like that well i just think that i just always knew that if you wanted it to intensify you smoke cannabis if you wanted it to decrease then you drink right booze a couple brews or whatever but yeah i'll just wrap it up real quick but my cousin went to the keg party and he's like i'm gonna go to this party you guys can you watch my dog <laughs> and i was like sure i don't have a problem with that and good old bowser yep old bow wow and he uh and then when he left, I just remember like staring at the dog's fur and just having this, <laughs> the fur, the fur was flowing and I don't know. I, again, it, it's a connection thing that you can kind of have to these animals. Like the dog was following me around. I, who, we don't know. We have no clue how animals see us like cats and stuff somehow have this, you know, sense of, they can tell when you're upset and dogs have it too. So I don't know. The dog knew something was up and he was, he was my best friend for the rest of the night so yeah. cheers bowser up in uh, doggy heaven there yeah uh we got a couple of comments here while that was going on somebody said uh, i watched avatar and then the never-ending story last time on shrooms and it had, never ended had a good time now that's a classic movie that was one of yeah, my favorite movies one. growing up was never-ending story i tray you mm-hmm. i used um, to watch that over at your house all the time when we were kids yeah and then uh, another person said, I, I trip without taking, you know, compounds. It's called Kundalini. Well, yeah. I like, uh, you know, a lot of people into that serpent energy, the Kundalini. I've actually never done it, but I meditate pretty heavily. Um, and I obviously experience weird things in there. So um, who knows what kind of endogenous things are happening while that's going on. Um, in terms of... Uh, 
So how old? So that was when we were what, nineteen or eighteen? Or how old were you when you when you had that experience? I should have been. Was I should have been eighteen? Because we were only there for like a year. I think you might have been there for like a year and a half. Or did you? No, I was only there for a semester, baby. (laughs) The the real western. We came in real hard and left real hard. Yeah, we live like real rock stars, bro. We were messing around and. Um. And yeah, that was a, it was probably a mistake, but it might've been a blessing in disguise too. Do you know what I'm saying? Like in terms of, I didn't even yeah. know what I wanted to do at that point. I didn't even know why I was there. It was Neither that kind of, a, it was just like, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's just no way to really explain it, but there was like no direction. It was just, Oh, I'm supposed to do something like this. So. Well, before I had my, my awakening, I've, I've obviously have a lot of regrets as most people do, but yeah. that was the biggest regret of my life was cause I did well at the school. I just wanted to move home and start a band. I thought that was my, my calling, which creating art. So I, it, it was my calling creating art. I just didn't know. You didn't, you don't take that kind of stuff that seriously as a kid. You just have so much time and you just, do you think that you can do whatever you want for as that forever right and then the, the, the time hammer is never going to come down on you now we look back we go damn if i was 18 and knew what i knew now but uh, you know there's been good songs written about that very thing and i try not to have any regrets because if, if you didn't take the path that you took then you wouldn't be at the place that you are now yeah one one uh, this is probably one of my weirder experiences but i don't know if you remember because um, i lived in an apartment um when I when we were in at at in Kalamazoo or at West, I remember it all very very well, bro. We put holes <laughs> my, in the walls my, there. My next door, my next door neighbor, um, he was, I don't even know what he was doing. He was like extracting drug then. No, <laughs> no, he was extracting DXM, which is like the active compound in Robitussin and all those cough right. medicines that make you uh, hallucinate. Mm-hmm. So he gave me like a couple of those. They were like these like pills with like this like powder in it uh and back then again we were idiots we weren't we looked it up we went under Irwid, looked it up looked at the dosages and stuff like that oh, did i was you, afraid did, of that shit. did you do no, that with Ro- did you do that with rob and i no but it's going to your story it will be good because i was totally sober so i can kind of vouch for some of this activity i was uh, just like watching these guys i was almost worried at one point <laughs> Uh, so we take these things and then the biggest mistake ever again is what we watched. Cause I think that we were on some sort of weird washing binge where we took that and then, cause people call it like robo tripping. And even when it's not like, even though this was like extracted, so it was like the powder form of it, you would still get that like repeat, um, that repeat, like, I don't know. It's like you get in these like loops and then, like, you walk like a robot. You st- you you do these, like, robotic motions. It's something – it's very weird. I, I don't know how to explain it. If anybody's ever done it, I'm sure you know what I'm talking you about. You walk like a robot. You talk like a robot. You you are a robot. Um, Yeah. No, but it's uh, – they call it robo-tripping for a reason. And I didn't – I'm when before I even did it, I'm like, why is it called that? But after doing it, it's like this – it's almost like you – like Elon Musk implanted a, a neural link into your brain and it was just hitting whoa, random bro, buttons whoa. and you're just, re- you're just <laughs> repeating and like doing, that's what it felt. But like, okay. So once you get past that though, there is like a plateau where I remember we took Bowser for a walk and like everything turned into like hyperspace outside. Like we were wa- like walking through the grass. It turned into like hyperspace, like something you'd see from like 
Star Wars when they hit warp drive, like that kind of a feeling. Um, and then I, it's very weird. The downfall of the whole thing um, is that when you, <laughs> I remember having to take like a dump while this was going on. It was like the worst, it was like the worst experience ever. Like if anybody's ever, you know, had a psychedelic experience and had to go to the bathroom, it's not something that you, you want to do or enjoy doing, but this first, oh, I'll get into that with my first LSD <laughs> experience for some reason. We'll, that, we'll save that for another, another time for, for some reason that for some reason though, that whole thing, um, was, it wasn't like unpleasant, but it was just like, like, Hey, don't, don't do this kind of, it's not like something you would want to do regularly. And even most psychedelics, you feel that way. This was like extra that, um, and uh, that also had to do, um, that also had to do with the fact that what we were watching again, I made the poor choice of putting it on the wall with the first acid experience. I love this that, wall, man, that, that acid experience. No, but we watched, um, fear, uh, not fear. We watched, what's the one with the, the psychological, uh, the, there's different stories going on and it's, uh, people shooting up the old ladies taking amphetamines. Oh, um, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, that was a oh, huge, geez. huge mistake. I watched mistake. it sober and cried. Um, that was a huge mistake. So we watched that. What else did we watch? We watched like a bunch of like messed up movies at the time. It's like, why are we watching this? But um, so there was that. I remember music. Remember that one song kept playing. I don't know if it was a Jazz Mandolin Project or Christian McBride. It was this one song you guys kept playing like over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> Sounds like your whole experience was one big repeat. Yeah, that's kind of what it what it's like. Um, Maybe that's what our whole experience is. And we took is. We, we took a lot too uh, of what this like. We took it, you know, probably half of um, the highest recommended dose. So it was a decent amount. Um, in terms of, yeah, I wouldn't do that again. That was, you know, one of those experiences where it's like, yeah, it was interesting, but that's not my thing. I think it was also one of those experiences where you took the pill, like you knew what the the micro or the the milligrams were. You took it, and then we looked it up, and we're like, "Oh, that's like four times the normal yeah. dose." So, I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> um, so and oh, walking and around the room like robots. I all I also uh, remember, yeah, just be wanting to like lay around too, and just being like kind of, you know, out of it, kind of lethargic. Lethargic, yeah, very lethargic very yawning repeat like all those <laughs> the yawning thing's interesting because you get it with psilocybin too the yawns um, yeah you know that's funny we we're uh, associated with like climaxing too like when you're climaxing on your trip yeah that's interesting this girl i was hanging out with uh she's like oh i, I something's happening because i'm yawning i was like what does that mean right but whenever she would start coming up she would start yawning and stuff it's weird. I wonder what the connection is, is with that. I if think anybody there is knows, some sort of comment. yeah. I mean, comment down. I think there was an article released trying to explain it. I don't remember if it was like a a reliable thing or if it was just a hypothesis. Um, well, that's the problem in today's society. I don't know what's reliable and what's not. That's you well. I think question. you got to look at who's putting stuff out. You know, like there's articles. Like for instance, if you're looking at like uh, I don't know, I I retweet a lot of stuff on Twitter um, from our page on Twitter. And if it's like physics or science or space related, there's a good outlet called Quanta where, yeah, it's hard science. And, yeah, they're going to give you, 
you know, the materialist reductionist view on things, but it's pretty reliable in terms of what the most recent science is on it. And then you can deduce that based on other things that you know about the the subject or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you have to, when I look at sources, I look at like the history of things that, you know, there's some that are out there that'll post like once one thing once in a while where it's like, Oh, okay. You kind of, you're taking a little bit of credibility away from yourselves here, you know? So it just yeah. depends. Um, so yeah, that was that experience. And, um, and we wanted to make sure everybody knows that both those experiences, my mushroom experience and Maisie's, uh, or Michael's, uh, DXM is all at the same house. So that was a magical I've got more. House. I've got another one from that house where Ryan Bring and, it on. Ryan and I ate I ate like four G's of psilocybin. I think Ryan ate somewhere about the same. I think we split a quarter is what we did. I remember this night too. Um and I instantly threw up. Not instantly, but I ate them and I think like fifteen minutes later it was feeling real queasy. Um, yeah. threw up, but I still ha- must have had enough of it in my system because I went on a journey and what happened next was crazy because we went inside and my cousin's girlfriend just so happened to show up that weekend she wasn't supposed to be there and um we ended up I had to walk home uh so that was like, most of my trip <laughs> involved to go bro most of my trip involved me walking home to my apartment from his house so um that was kind of an interesting uh, one as well and then there was another one where we ate psilocybin there and we watched ace ventura when nature calls and uh played tiger woods golf and no well, that's the night that i that, that i explained so you must have dabbled with them too because that was the end of the night we watched that movie oh yeah maybe maybe i wasn't food. there for part of it then or something yeah Maybe I, yeah, because you know what? I don't think you were there for the beginning of it because we were trying to do the, we were trying to conduct business, folks. Don't take the mushrooms before you're conducting the business. It all starts to flow together. But I think you showed up after, maybe chewed up the rest of the bag and uh, we watched Ace Ventura regurgitate food into a bird's mouth. Yeah. Very good film. Very good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was a, (laughs) look, you know, it was, uh. I mean, I think, yeah, looking back, there's obviously could have done some things differently, but we had a good time, but it was also like a learning experience too. The thing that I only, the only thing I regret is not having the reverence or the, um, the mindset of which I do now, which I guess that's part of living and learning, you know, that whole thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, going back there, it's, you're having these experiences or maybe that's what it got us here you know to begin with knowing that there's this mysterious thing going on and wanting to get in there and and experience it but not knowing exactly what's going on you know maybe that had a hand yeah that's a great point i was talking to this girl the other day about how a lot of people today are very materialistic and very material centered and obviously me and you both did some some psychedelic stuff at an early age and I, i think that opened the door even though we weren't going in and doing the self work because we were kids, we didn't know even about that, but right. we were still opening up a perception to things that a lot of people don't don't have. And you can get bogged down in the reality of what you see, that, you know, this is a solid desk and this and that, but having those experiences, I, I don't know. I, I Again, we don't advocate this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is our stories. These are, these are just 
things that we've done. But to me, I would I wouldn't change anything. I love the fact that I opened my perception. I love the fact that I was able to see through uh, through the looking glass, if you will, and yeah. know that there's more out there. Now you you know after years and years of just not doing it, I could see how you could see. Oh, well, that's just a drug. It's not really real. It's just changing the chemicals in your brain. But at the same time, what is real? Right. No, I thought that Salvador Dali quote was pretty, pretty relevant. You know. Mm-hmm. He also might have did I, 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 with some things and then found a way to get there naturally, like a Tesla type. I'm telling you, I'm I don't, assuming. I don't. I know you're you're hinged on this, but I'm telling you that that whole. You know, I don't do drugs. I am drugs. And it's actually, you know, we know we've had Rick Strassman on talking about, in, you know, the endogenous DMT thing. And, um, you know, there could be some way to really, you know, via meditation, via, you know, fasting, via, you know, there could be different mechanisms to induce that, you know, so. I think that's the better way to do it because you're actually preparing your, instead of taking a DMT blast off. Or you know, disappearing that, in a cave for three weeks. You know, that's, he, he, Dr. Strassman didn't seem like he, well, I don't think it's ever been tested. I don't know. But being in complete darkness for three weeks, a lot of these, um, you know, uh, ancient uh, Asian traditions or uh, Eastern traditions, you know, there's people that claim that if you disappear into a cave in complete darkness for a few weeks, you start to, you know, produce endogenous DMT, you know? So I, again, who's going to sit in complete darkness for three weeks? I don't know. Um, I just agree with the, with the meditation in, in that aspect because you're actually preparing yourself to go on these adventures. So when you naturally, like if you can achieve this stuff uh, naturally with meditation or darkness or whatever your approach may be, it's, it's going to be more beneficial for you because you're not just popping a pill and then taking a lift off. It's more of preparing yourself for it readying your mind for going in with intentions which obviously you can do that too that's why i love uh what's his name lane the guy that with, tom the, lane. with the tom lane yeah i love that because when he does mushrooms i mean it's not even it's no they're it, partying in, in mushrooms in his eyes are like the furthest things apart from each other right and that's what that's the problem with society is these things these lines have been blurred and again, you know, I love the jam band scene and stuff, but that's actually kind of where it, it, it happened. It's like, hey, let's yeah, take yeah. these drugs and go party <laughs> and lose our minds, which is a good thing. No, I mean, let's, let's a, call it, let's go back to the roots. You know, you look at the electric Kool-Aid acid test, the Grateful Dead, and then the dead carried on the tradition. And, you know, uh, we're huge Grateful Dead fans and, you know, we proud can, of it. We can obviously point to the fact that, you know, LSD and all these psychoactive compounds were very prevalent, you know, and I, that carried mm-hmm. the tradition on. And then those people had kids and, uh, that's themselves kind of, you know, when the dead kind of fizzled out a little bit, now you've got fish and I know they're not the same thing, really. They're com- two completely different bands, but that whole scene, that, that jam band occult scene has been around for a long time. Yeah. I mean, my main point was that you take the Mary pranksters, Ken Kesey and that group of, wild askers when they stumbled upon the lsd they knew there was something to this they knew there was something greater than than just getting high and fucking around you know what i'm saying they knew that there was some kind of magical mystery of life being unlocked to them and then as time goes on and as that culture kind of ramped up people started using it more for recreational purposes and i think that's i'm not saying that that's 100 percent bad but 
I like the fact if you're going into it, I mean, you were talking that you have some kind of agenda, you have some kind of goal in mind, and instead of abusing it in the sense of I'm going to take some MDMA and go dance for 15 hours, you're yeah. going into it with some kind of some <laughs> outer game, you know? Yeah. And I dance, baby. I dance. <laughs> I've closed the bars. I, da- I, I dance too when I go to shows. I'm not. I'm. I'm proud of it. Um, oh yeah. I shout out to I Alex. I saw him pop in here. Shout out to Alex from DMT World. Shout out to. Uh, I saw Marchetti pop in here too. Oh yeah. All our buddies are popping out of the woodwork. Funny story about Marchetti. We were playing uh, Xbox one night, and I didn't know his boss was like one of the other people that we were playing <laughs> Call of Duty with. And I was like, yeah. remember that one time we ate mushrooms? <laughs> yeah. And that that was the. Uh, I don't, I don't that know. That was the last time they played. I don't know how he swung that around, but I, I remember that was that was pretty funny. Um, so shout out to him. And uh, I'm trying to think. So, yeah, so a lot of these experiences obviously were from 17, 18 to 20. These are the middle years, ladies 20, and gentlemen. Yeah, 21, 22. I'm trying to think what else in there. Uh, lots of psilocybin. I mean, there's times where I would just um, – take it and uh write music or take it and write lyrics and then um other times you just want to you know go in the bathroom and stare at all the patterns and yourself in the mirror so yeah yeah but you well there's a big uproar and there's a big uprise in the micro dose and i think a lot of more new information is going to come to the forefront in the next couple of years the same with dmt because now we have real people not that they weren't real but real doctors and stuff looking at this shit and the more laws that pass in favor of it they're just going to open up more money and funding for people to do more experiments with it so it's an exciting time to be alive it's a crazy time to be alive but yeah between this we actually had the episode today was supposed to be on aliens correct yeah we're gonna have we had to reschedule chris wolford and we'll have him back on i don't you know i don't know we had some technical issues and then he had something come up it was just you know, it wasn't working out. A combo of, of uh, inconvenient circumstances. So we'll we'll get that in here at some point because I know we're going to talk about un- unidentified, and that season's almost. Uh, I think the last episode's tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so yeah, so back to the trips. Um, I'm I'm trying to think the the one that really stuck out to me too, um, in my younger years was, um the psilocybin one that I had on uh, Hogar, which is the camping trip we go on. Um, and, uh, Rob and I ate mushroom chocolates and then watched this like lightning storm. It was beautiful. It was, um, I don't know. We just had like two camping chairs in the middle of that, you know, the clearing and just stared mm-hmm. up at the sky and it was just lightning. There was no, uh, there was no thunder or anything. Yeah, one year I did it a little amount with you guys. I don't know if it was that time or not, but I remember watching the rain on the river, and it was mesmerizing. Yeah. I think nature and that stuff go hand in hand, and there's not a coincidence because of that. It's because it's coming from there, and that's our natural state. And Right. So somebody asked, you know, what? how do you stay away from the negative effects of, uh, or negative entities, you know, negative effects, those kinds of things from these, you know, these having like a bad trip or something like that. Um, I would say that positive mindset going no, here, in. Never here, here's the thing. So first of all, we don't, nobody knows what the entities are, right? I mean, there's speculation. We've talked about a lot about it on other episodes on this podcast before. Um, 
in terms of things that I've experienced and stuff, I think that regardless if it's something external while you're in that realm or if it's something like part of your subconscious or whatever the case may be, um, if you're going in with a bad mindset, let's say you got a lot of stuff going on or there's like a recent loss in your family or you just lost your job or it could be good or bad. If you're experienced with these things, you might need to do something like that to kind of take you to another level or, you know, change your mind or something like that or help you adjust things. Uh, but in terms of, um, bad trips and stuff like that. I, I, I really only can, there's bad trips in terms of people like, Oh, I didn't like what I saw or stuff like that. And then there's bad trips where it's like you're predisposed to schizophrenia or you, um, you have some sort of psychosis that evolves from the experience. Now that is rare, but it does happen. So I think that before you do anything, you know, taking any sort of psychoactive compound that you, obviously know your, your mental capabilities and you're, you know, you're not on, you know, uh, or you're not in a bad place and you've talked to a doctor or psychologist, whatever the case may be, because, um, if you are borderline, you know, have some sort of anxiety or depression disorder, um, while they're doing studies that show that this can help with some of those things, you can also, people, these things have been induced before too. Same thing with cannabis. There's some people that have terrible effects from eating edibles, which, that's me. To, to me, yeah. To me, I don't know how, how that happens, but I, I obviously everybody's different. I, everybody's no, body chemistry right is different, you know, so we'll go but ahead. For me, it's the same thing. It's like if I, I, I had a really bad experience with it once, so then now whenever I feel that feeling, it's like my mind goes back to that 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 bad ex- trip, if you will, and then it's it's like that all over again. So it's a, it's probably more of a mental thing. Mm-hmm. than the actual effects making me worried but it's like here it comes again and then i you don't want to ever panic on this stuff because the, pro- the the whole point is you're going into it and you're not getting out of it until it go- it's it's over so acceptance is one of the best best tools to to practice again it's not as easy as it is to say but yeah i would say also too um you know they used to call them psychomimetics because it like mimics what's going on if you are again if you're in a bad place or you have negative thoughts or whatever if you do it it's just gonna like amplify that so whatever your current state is it's gonna amplify that now it might make you again if you're experienced with these things i could see it helping change you or getting you out of that mindset but that's if you're experienced with it you know you know what to expect if you don't know what to expect and you're very scared and you also have a lot of stuff going on in terms of uh personal stuff um you know, it might not be the best time, but again, um, I would say the best thing to do is to meditate while you're doing it. Um, if you, if you practice meditation, maybe even practice meditation or get into meditation. If you've never done psychedelics, meditate first, get into meditation and then maybe, you know, try and integrate that in somehow. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that again, bad trips is just a reflection of your current um, state. So if you are in a bad place, you're just going to experience that kind of a thing. Um, I'm trying to think if I've had any, it shows you what you don't want to see about yourself too. So if you've been, let's say you've been very egocentric, you know, or you've been, um, 
a certain way for a while and you do it, it's going to change your paradigm up pretty quickly. So you're going to, um, I know in my early twenties, I was very me, 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 I'm the best look at me kind of a, and I think a lot of people are like that for, you know, or, or at different parts in your life, but more, more likely when you're younger, you know? Um, yeah. And, um, for me it was when I would do it in with that mindset, it would be like a wake up call, you know, like there's, um, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. It's almost like, you know how you were mentioning on the last episode that the bad energy from the people and you wanted to switch it up and go with the good people. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it was, um, in your own head in certain ways too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. But it's, it's not that simple either. It's not as simple as like, Oh, I'm going to think positively. Therefore, you know, yeah, that you can try that. Maybe it'll work. Um, but I've never had a trip that's completely just blissful. I've always had my ups and downs. It's I almost, have, I think it's a lot of it has to do with set and setting. Right. So if you have somewhere you got to be or a time constraint, don't do it. Cause it's just going to, you know, weigh heavily on you. But if you, let's say you've got the house to yourself or, um, you know, group of, people you know that you're with that are you know you can trust and that kind of a thing um it's all about set and setting and i i think that being in a good mental state with a good set and setting is a recipe for a fun great trip however again there's some people that induce this this whole thing uh because they're in a bad state too so for instance with the the mental health stuff I mean, my experience with OCD and stuff like that is you get so caught up in this like fake OCD, th- you know, it's not fake, it's real, but it's this thing that's going on in your head where you're, you're believing and thinking things that aren't really happening. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you get caught in this like mind loop. So when that happens, um, there's really no way to break out of that via day-to-day consciousness. Yeah, meditation helps, uh, but you can't meditate all day. I mean, I guess you could, but in the real world where people have to work and get stuff done. But, um, when you do these things, it breaks up the monotony of the situation you're in. So for me, it's like, if I had gone like two years and didn't have any psychedelic experiences and my mind is just shot, I've had my OCDs worn me out or whatever, having that macro dose and being able to like reset and, and come back and like reflect on the CBT or the CBT uh, therapy, the cognitive behavioral therapy, and you know all these other tools. So you integrate the one tool with the other tools to get you kind of out of where you're you're stuck. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that that's part of it. So again, people in bad places can get out. Uh, with you know, we've seen with studies with maps and uh, these different organizations that have good response to these substances. Um, whether it be PTSD or OCD, uh, that kind of a thing. I know specifically with OCD, they say psilocybin is one of the better, um, better ones, but, uh, yeah, again, it's, it's one of those weird things where everybody's different. Everybody's got different body chemistry. Um, no one thing works. And that's why we've been, you know, talking about this subject a decent amount on this podcast is because, um, you look at the state of the world and where we are, there's a lot of people with mental health issues and, um, these, these, um, you, you want as many options out there. So even if psychedelics aren't the mist, you know, mystical cure or whatever the case may be, or the, the, uh, the cure, it just having that extra tool or that extra option out there, I think is a good thing. So, cause there's might be some people resistant to conventional therapies and treatments and stuff. So. 
Yeah, keep all your options out there and you can find what's best for you. Um, so have you ever had a, a bad trip in terms of like, I know you said that you've never had one where it was like blissful, but have you ever had one where it was like, ah, I'm, I'm good on that for a while? No, not, no, not with, I've only done it a handful of times. Like I said, there's been parts where I've been a little scared, like the Salvador Dali moment. Uh-huh. And then there's parts where I've had straight full on magical experiences when I'm pulling notes out of the air and jamming. I, that to me, that was the best music I ever played. Now what it really sounded like, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I always, like I said, my, my experiences have always, uh, emulated what real life is it's more of an up and down type thing and right there's never there's never one blissful experience now with a with the mdma with the nature of what that is is a big endorphin flood so on those i've had real blissful times right um somebody commented belief in god really helps eh, i mean belief in a higher power or higher cause or higher being or whatever the case may be I think that we've talked about that that on here before. I think that that does help. I think that, um, I think if you look at the people that are like reductionists or argue against a God or whatever, you look at the, it's very depressing to listen to those people. Um, now I wouldn't say that there's a God as in like a Zeus looking character with a beard in the sky, but I mean, everybody's free to believe what they want. Um, me personally, I don't know where I stand on the whole thing right now in terms of, I believe that, there is purpose and we're here for a reason, but that's kind of what I've been focusing on lately, less about who created or how created and more, uh, more about like, why are we here? Kind of a thing. So yeah, good, good points. Telos, teleology. Uh, and then they mentioned heal your childhood. Well, for me, I had issues. Um, I, I as a, ch I had a great childhood. I wouldn't say anything I wouldn't look back and be like, oh, this is what scarred me. So I don't think it's as simple as being like, oh, you were traumatized as a child or, oh, you were traumatized in your teens or whatever. I don't think that that's always the case, by the way, because I, I didn't have that experience. So I think for me, um, it's one of those things where, again, everybody's different and has different experiences. But uh, I think you really have to put yourself in a position when you're dealing with these substances to have success, which means again, you know, know your, know your state of mind, know your set and setting, know all these things, you know, going in. So therefore you're not surprised by anything. So if you've been repressing some sort of feelings or emotions, expect to deal with those during the, the trip. That's just going to happen. Good advice, my friend. Very uh, good stuff. Um, so, I'll talk about, I'm trying to think. So this is, I'll talk about the the most intense one, I think, in terms of dosage and experience and uh, that kind of a thing. So what was, was, when did we go on that 4th of July camping trip with Jay, Jason and Nick? And I think like some other people came, some of our other Probably friends. junior year. Was that oh, junior senior year? year? I think it was senior year, maybe. I think it was senior year, 4th of July, or going, maybe it was going into senior year, 4th of July, right? I think that that's yep, what Yep, sounds about right there. Um, yeah, so I took four, four Gs, dried, um, and then I had, I think I had like a, a um, 14, but I ended up eating four initially, 
Um, and then I ate another six after I started to, I don't know why I did it. I just did it. I was like, I'm going to push the boundaries. We're camping. There's, you know, there's nothing around here. Let's, let's have some fun. Yeah. Um, and I just remember the, the crazy experience. And at that point I had been doing like a decent amount. So I knew like I could handle this dosage i could you know so 10 g's dried is a lot i mean terrence mckenna said five g's in complete silence is you know the perfect dosage well i did double that um and i remember a few things one being when it came on i remember i was staring at this tree and this tree looked like it was breathing and then all of a sudden the tree turned into like one pattern and then that one pattern spread to everything and then everything dissolved into like nothing and it was just like me sitting there. I didn't, I was almost like disembodied in like a way. So um, that was one of the more profound experiences I've had that I remember. Um, now, looking back, you know, there was a lot of crazy stuff. You know, there's people that we were with that were like lighting off fireworks and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. So stumbling around hammered in the woods. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I did have a, a good experience and uh, I did push myself on that one. Um, I don't think I'd ever do that amount again, but it was interesting to see what came out of it. And I still remember it pretty well, actually, even though it's years and years later. I mean, this was what, almost probably 15 years ago, 16 years ago, something, something like that. So maybe even longer. Um, yeah, time is, time is flying. Uh, but yeah, so, so that one, uh, yeah, I just remember being in the woods and, kind of everything dissolving and just being peaceful and um almost like i my i dissolved as a person and it was just like some sort of consciousness that was ta taking sensory input from like nature kind of a thing it was weird yeah it sounds like something i'm not going to do <laughs> anytime soon at least um yeah i i, I don't know yeah, I, I, that's a lot. It's a lot. I don't really recommend anybody do that unless you're a very seasoned psychonaut that has, you know, built up to that point. Because that's kind of what I had been doing. You know, I, I think you almost need to be a kid because you don't even you don't want to know what's going to happen. Right. Well, you, I, you know, I, I'd taken quarters before and stuff like that too. Um, so I knew kind of what I was in for. I mean, a quarter is seven grams dried so yep. i mean it was only another eighth on top of that basically but that'll push you um and what i did learn from that too was i think that was the last time that i took a lot of a psychedelic and was like around more than like one or two people i trust yeah well there's a lot of different activities going on there like when you're tripping and you got some drunken buffoons. It's just not going to vibrate with you. You got to find the right, like you were saying, the right setting. And I just, I just know that the booze doesn't, doesn't really interact well with the psychedelics as far as the, the experiences I've had. Um, yeah, the booze definitely, t I don't know how it, it is affected with like other, cause I don't, I'm not a big drinker, but I do remember being younger and when I wasn't really smoking, I did, when I did take psilocybin, I would drink here and there and it did take away the effects. I know some people liked it though too. Our buddy Dave loved that combination, but, um, yeah, I don't know. 
whatever floats your boat. I'm just saying. I uh, <laughs> the buffoonery of a drunken party doesn't really seem to jive with the the thought processing behind the the psychedelic world. But that's that's just my opinion. Do you remember what age you were, or like how old you were when you'd be like, these things are not to be fooled around this is not just to take anything you know this is a serious thing or did you have yeah, the first time i took it no man. i, I, I know I, I did too but i i know because you're like kind of a little scared but i'm talking about more in terms of like how we look at it now like these are tools these are that kind of a thing probably just in the last five years have i looked at the magic mushroom as more of a tool because i always like i said i i knew it was something not to be messed with but as so far like as, after uh, we talked with tom lane the first time yeah yeah that and then have hearing some of your experiences and just all the information that's bubbling up now about you know using it for different mental illness and stuff like that same thing with mdma like i felt the effects after doing them because i'm a real anxious guy and i always would feel like just better for a while after doing them but i didn't i didn't know what that meant i didn't know if i was just having a good time and I needed to have a good time and that's why I feel good now or and now I now I realize that I was actually you know messing around with with the chemistry of my brain and again that's we, we got to support that fact that you are messing around with it it could be a positive thing that you need but we ain't a doctor here so the fact that you said ain't a doctor I think that's the whole point of it bro that's the whole point of it um look and everybody's different I <laughs> I like being in a nice set and setting. I know I remember being at uh, our buddy Anthony's house and uh, our other buddy, I, I won't mention because I don't know, you know, who knows, but you shouldn't uh, mention any last names. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm not even going to mention a first name, but this person took, and I'm sure you'll be able to guess who it is. This person took like three or four G's. This is when we were in high school on like a weeknight and uh, was in the basement. He's like, oh yeah, I ate this, put headphones in and then just goes, oh, I'm going for a walk and then disappeared. Um, oh Yeah. He, we call him the wanderer. He would, we would run into him at at music festivals. We didn't even know he was at them, but his energy <laughs> force would be such a strong, significant pull that we would just run into him. I love that about the guy. Um. So yeah. So that was pretty. And there was a few of those times where that happened. Um. I think that for me, again, I like being in a because I like to meditate. I want to. I want to use it as like a visionary experience, and that's only been probably like five or six years that I've kind of felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not really been that long, but we're not really that old yet. So, you know, um, no. based what I've seen on some sort of psychedelic forums, you know, there's people in their forties and fifties still talking shit for no reason. So um, no. we were never we're not like, well, we were never like that anyways, but in terms of, again, it's how do you perceive these things? And if you perceive them in terms of, um, where you are at your life, it's very, you know, indicative of what's going on. So like for me, I was focused on being a social creature in high school and the first part of college. And then I decided, Oh, I got to figure something out. And then I moved to Chicago and then, you know, started doing music and being involved in music and working at music stores and teaching guitar lessons and doing all that kind of a thing. Um, and with that, I think there is some sort of connection between art and these substances. And I think you'd be hard pressed to say that, uh, obviously you don't need them. There's a lot of good artists that I'm sure don't take anything or do anything, but even like mm-hmm. nicotine can be considered a drug if you take enough of oh, it. So it's not considered. It is. 
Now, is it mind-altering? That's another ex- right. another talk. But not- yeah, caffeine, cigarettes. That's I love David Lynch because he's like he smokes and he doesn't give a damn about what's the effects. He goes, "This is part of the art lifestyle: cigarettes and coffee." And it's kind of true, you know. You, right. They just go hand in hand. Um, but yeah, there is some sort of connection between creativity and art. So, like when playing music and doing these things, you do feel that like cosmic connection that's happening. You know, like you do know that there's something more there but then it's a whole different ball game once you acknowledge it and then take it even a step further and try and figure out what is that thing that's happening you know that's the that's the evolution of it so i think right, that's kind right. of where we are right now we're over the last few years whatever maybe we've realized that the power of these things and then obviously let's try and figure out what the mechanism is and why is it that it, that's happening in there um so and there you know there's a lot of people that are musicians that are into the topics that we talk about aside from music and psychedelics and stuff like the you know the occult and mystery traditions and that kind of stuff there's a lot of uh, musicians that are into that as well that i know so exactly um so these were kind of the middle years is there i'm trying to think if there was anything because there was actually um a bunch of years where I stopped doing all this stuff probably in my late twenties when I was trying to figure out my mental health situation out, which was kind of looking back, I was probably self-medicating with the psilocybin and just didn't know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I was talking about with the MDMA and the party and all that stuff. And you're just going out and doing it. You're not really thinking about using it as and when you, when you go sober, your mic popped out there, buddy. Yeah been pretty sober for a while now and it's you have to deal with your emotions as they come up i mean when you solve a problem it's way more long lasting than instead of just going to the bar and drowning your problem waking up with it again so Mm -hmm. but at the same time your problems are a little more in your face and a little more intense because there is no place to hide so right yeah yeah i think that uh again it's they used to call them psychomimetics and these things mimic what's going on inside of you, you know? So if you have a, mm-hmm. um, a lot of stuff that's going on and it's not the best, you're it's going to come out, but that's why it's also therapeutic too. So when you're faced, you're forced to confront these things. So there's a lot of people that'll just sweep their emotions and their feelings and their thoughts under a rug and be like, I don't want to confront that right oh, now. Oh yeah. You don't want to feel uncomfortable. You don't want to go up to the top of that cliff if you're afraid of heights but that like you're the what you're about to say is sometimes you got to look at the stuff in the eye and right um so yeah I, I, it's again it's it's what it is but um i'm trying to think if there's anything else profound in there before uh we end the episode for that was a good rant we want to thank everybody for tuning in if you haven't hit the like button give it a little smash there for us and Leave us a comment below. I mean, we've we have a lot of experiences in the later years. That's when my activity started to ramp up a little bit. But those first two stories, I'll never forget those. I think that I, I remember them in pretty good detail. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not giving you guys all of my because <laughs> there's a lot in there. There's ones where it was your head'll explode. Where it was purely just like taking into my bedroom and then visual world putting on like a fish concert and just zone, you know, like that kind of stuff. So that, that mm-hmm. was prevalent a lot, but I'm just giving you like the, the profound ones or the ones that I definitely had some sort of shift going on while it was happening. Um, and, 
yeah, so these were the middle years. Again, the first part of this trip report thing, we talked a lot about fish and jam bands, and it was really tied to that. I have taken psychedelics at jam shows, and Maurice uh, appeared to not, which is kind of unusual to me, but uh, I guess it makes sense looking at uh, based on what his his reports have been and the way he feels about it. So mm-hmm. um, I know you've got a couple more that we'll do in the more recent time. I would like to do one more, like we'll call it recent years and then maybe a fourth one and just like an overall encompassing, just going over the whole thing and how we feel now about it. Nice. Yeah. We'll make a little playlist and people can relive our uh, psychedelic experiences one after another. Um. So, yeah. So, that's we're gonna probably end it there but i'll remind everybody that uh let's see here you can go to our patreon page at patreon.com slash mind escape podcast and uh, you'll get it for two dollars a month you'll get exclusive content again shout out to abraham who's a new patreon uh patron and a shout out to sandy who upped her patronage she was already a top escapee but it was just a formality um and so two dollars you'll get exclusive episodes and segments i'm actually i forgot i didn't upload the one yet that we did with uh anthony tyler on the uh, the dive manual um uh his book the dive manual we did an extra like 15 20 minutes i think with them uh I'll, I'll upload that and uh for five dollars a month we will read your trip report mystical experience paranormal experience or ufo sighting on the show for $10 a month, you'll get a t-shirt. That one we don't have on there yet just because we don't have the t-shirts on. I want to put it up until we do have the t-shirts. Uh, and for $50 a month, which is our high-end option, which we'll, ju- we'll just put it on there. Who knows if anybody's yeah, yeah. ever going to take advantage of it. But uh, Maurice will create a visual representation and clip of your experience that I read on the show. So if you do the $5 one and you want us to read your trip report and then you decide you want us to turn that into a clip using visuals and trying to recreate it, uh, that's $50. So, um, go on your adventure with you and, uh, yeah. So, and then also check out indrasweb.org and sign up. You will get an alert when the app goes live. Uh, we have people right now on there, uh, for the beta that are just, you know, creating groups and plugging around and, uh, should be good to go here in a couple weeks. I'm in the process of uh, moving and doing a couple things and Maurice is going to be going out of town and stuff. So we're just working on a few things behind the scenes and uh, that should be up and ready to go in the near future. So just sign up and you'll get an alert when it goes live and uh, check out mindescapepodcast.com and anything else. That's it. All right, folks. Well, thank you for joining. We all love you. And uh, stay safe out there. And enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.